Well, to begin the message, you know that today, many of you know that today begins a new season in our in the life of our church. It's called the Journey Challenge. Now, before school let out for the summer, way back, you know, several months ago, we talked about the Journey Challenge. And we said that starting today, starting at this very moment, we are going to launch into a season as a church family where month by month we're going to focus on areas of our life and we're going to have the courage to not just learn about that part of our life and not just learn about what scripture teaches about that but we're actually going to have the courage to take steps of growth because we don't want to just be people that fill our mind with incredible and important facts about God we actually want to grow in our faith and so that's what we're doing today and and we're beginning the journey challenge in September September's area that we're all growing in is rightly handling the word of God. Now, I want to tell you that I'm a pretty big sucker for action movies. I love action movies, but I've watched so many of them that they, they've become quite predictable. Because here's what you have. You have a hero, and then you have a problem. And then you have a hero enter the situation and save the day. But there's actually this, this little switch and this little change in the plot that really makes things quite suspenseful. So there's this issue and there's this person in distress. They need the hero to come save the day. And so the hero shows up and the hero is saving the day and everybody's excited the hero is saving the day. But then all of a the sudden there's a bigger problem over there and the hero has to leave this problem and go over there and solve that problem. And so the person here who was in distress was thinking, no, hero, don't leave. I need you here. And the hero does this, right? If they've got, uh, they they take their weapon and they hand it to the person in distress and say, here, this will get you through. And the hero goes, and there's always this shot in the movie where this person in distress is looking at this weapon, no matter what it is, and they're going, What do I do with this thing? I know it's important. I know it can help me. I know that it can get me out of this jam. But I don't know the first thing about how to use this. (laughs) You see where I'm going? (laughs) For some of us, that's kind of like the sense that we have in our heart. We we have this Bible. Where's mine? I brought it up here. I know I did. (laughs) And... And maybe it sits on our shelf, or maybe it is up on our bookshelf, or maybe it's on our nightstand, or maybe it's in our desk, or maybe we've taken it to work, and we look at it and we go, wow, I know that's important. I know that can get me out of a lot of jams. But I don't know what to do with that. And listen, if you'll have the courage to take the journey challenge, by the end of this month, you will know a little bit more what to do. We want to rightly handle the Word of God. And so who should show us how to do that? Jesus. That's the right answer, right? Jesus. Yes, Matthew chapter 4, if you have your Bibles. We're going to look at a really, really, really important text of Scripture. Now, you know in Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, you know that they fell to temptation. You know that they were conquered by their temptation. You know that they sinned, and we have been struggling with sin ever since. The good news is that in Matthew chapter 4, we see one, his name's Jesus, who faces the same type of temptation, and yet he is victorious. And he uses the Word of God. And we're going to look at that this morning. We want to look at some actions. 
we want to look at some actions that Jesus uses to help him as he is in the wilderness. And by the end of the, of the time that you leave today, if you have your bulletin in the, in the middle, there's a place for you to write notes. If you're that note taker type of person, you see that we're going to cover three important areas. Consistency, accuracy, and application. And as I read in a moment, I want you to be listening for each one of those in the scripture. So Matthew chapter four, here's what God's word says. Then Jesus was led by the spirit. All right. Jesus was following the spirit. The spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. There's a lot of theology in that one sentence. I want you to know. All right. Verse two, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, What do you think happened? Jesus was hungry, right? He was hungry. And verse 3 says, The tempter came and he said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But, But Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And then the devil took him to the holy city and he set him up on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it's written. He will command his angels concerning you and on their hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. That's temptation number two. Jesus said to him again, it's written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and he showed him all of the kingdoms of the world and all of their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. And then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it's written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Lord, as we began this new thing uh, here at the fellowship, we open our hearts this morning to the word. We confess that it's true. We know, Lord, that every single time we submit ourselves to your word, it changes us. And so that's what we're praying for. No matter where we are in our spiritual life, no matter what our past is, no matter what our history is, no matter what our story is, we're just saying to you, Lord, would you take your word and would you transform our life with it? We pray this in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Consistency. As we think about how can I grow in this journey challenge? What can I do to grow and to be more healthy this month than I was last month in rightly handling the Word of God? For some of us, that involves consistency. But I want you to see in the Scripture that Jesus was consistent in His use of the Word of God. If you'll notice, Jesus utilized the Word of God multiple times. If you're making notes multiple times. What's interesting in in my life is that sometimes we see people use one thing and if and if if it 
If in their mind it doesn't work, and I'm not saying Jesus' thought using the Scripture didn't work, but if it doesn't give us the exact results that we need, we bail, we move on to another thing. But I want you to notice that Jesus was so confident in who He was and who His Father was and what the Word of God is that when He was tempted for the second time and even a third time, He didn't feel this need to pivot and go to something else. Every single time... He went to the Word of God. He was consistent. Now, I want you to realize this morning, that is not a new idea in the Scripture. In fact, we can go from Matthew 4 and go all the way back to Deuteronomy. You don't have to turn there, but let me just share with you a brief passage of Scripture from Deuteronomy. Now, let me set this for you. This is, this is one of God's leaders speaking to God's people. And he's saying, if you want to know what it means to have a godly home, a faithful home, a home in which you are raising your kids up in the ways of the Lord, here's what it looks like. Now, this is in Deuteronomy chapter 6. I'm going to read verses 4 through 9. If you want to make notes and go back and read later on, feel free to. But here's what it says. Here are... O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your might. And listen to what what is said. These words that I command to you today, the Word of God, these words that I command to you today, here's what it says. They shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently To your children, you will talk of them when you sit in your house. You will talk of them when you walk by the way. So when you're at home, talk about the word of God. When you're traveling, the Bible says, talk about the word of God. When you lie down, you'll be discussing these. When you rise up, you will be discussing these. You will bind these as a sign on your hand and on your eyes. You will write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. What's the principle there? Here's the principle. Consistency. Every single place that you go in your life, you want to remind yourself of what the Word of God says. You don't want a moment of your life to be uninformed with what the Word of God says. So what's Deuteronomy saying? Listen, if you want to raise godly kids, don't just drop a scripture on them once a month. Walk them through consistently being with the Word of God. Now, beyond the fact that Jesus does this, beyond the fact that Deuteronomy 6 teaches it, I want to give you two reasons that I think that consistency in the Word of God is really important. One reason is perfection. Second reason is preference. We don't get excellent at things that we don't do over and over and over. You know, I didn't get this good at telling jokes by just starting last week. You know what I mean? It takes a lot of practice. Think about the athletes that are amazing athletes. Consistency got them to excellence. Think about the people who are incredible in music. Consistency got them there. How in the world can we think that we're going to have a strong faith if we're not consistent in it? Preference as well. I don't know that it's good, but so many things in my life can be boiled down to food metaphors. (laughs) Food metaphors. And listen, I would much rather eat a number 
of smaller meals throughout the week than eat one really big one for one for one week, right? I mean, I would rather have two or three or four small ones. For if they're, sm- if they're four, they're going to be small, right? But, but throughout the day, I would rather have these consistent meals rather than wait until one day of the week where you just dump all that food. And then you... Listen, that's my pre- consistency. Let's just stay in the Word of God. That's important. So, so I think that you're understanding. When we talk about what does it mean to be healthy and to grow, for some of us, we just need to get consistent. We get up every morning, we see the Word of God on our nightstand, and we think to ourselves, you know, I should read that. But we're not consistent with it. Now, for some of us, it's not consistency, it's accuracy. And I want for us to look back in the Scripture. I'm in Matthew chapter 4, if you lost your spot. Back in Matthew chapter 4, and, and I want for us to see that not only was Jesus consistent, but He was accurate. And if you're making notes... Jesus was not the only one using Scripture. Now, I'm, I'm about to frustrate you. I'm just telling you right now. I'm about to really make you mad. Are you ready? Satan uses the Word of God against us. He takes the most precious thing, that one of the most precious things that God has given us. He takes it... He perverts it, he abuses it, he misreads it, he misinterprets it, and then he uses it against us. How do I know that? He did it with Jesus. You see, Jesus wasn't the only one that was using Scripture. And so you understand then the incredibly important need, not just for us to go to Scripture on a consistent basis, but for us to be able to rightly handle the Word of God. Because whether you intentionally or unintentionally misread or misuse the Word of God, can't you see the chaos that could ensue if you're building your life on a misinterpretation or misreading of Scripture? That's why it's important that we not only take up the Word of God on a regular basis, but that we really have the skill set and the tools to read it and to understand what it's saying. I got a text message from my wife this past week, and, and this is what it said. She knows that I love to cook. Metaphor again. There you go. She knows that I love to cook. I love to come home and get in the kitchen and that's why I'm wearing a band-aid because I cooked last week, okay? She knows that I love it. She sends me this text message and this is what it says. Should I plan on you cooking tonight? Because the day before, I had implied to her that there was something specific that I'd been wanting to make. So she sends me a text like, should I plan on you cooking that dish? She said, this is a text message. Should I plan on you cooking tonight? So I texted her back, no. But you know what happened? I misread the text. I thought that the text said, should I plan on cooking tonight? So I thought she was cooking. She thought I was cooking. It's not her fault. I misread the text. And our home paid the price. 
You know how you do when you walk in a house and you, you believe by faith that something's on the stove? You open the door, you're smelling for it. That's what I did. I walk in, I'm like, hey everybody. And Crystal is waiting for me to walk in because she's excited and I'm, and, and there was a moment, right? There was a moment. Now you take that little mistake that Pastor Zach made, And you really expand that out theologically. And can you understand why reading accurately the Word of God is so important? Because we build our life on what the Word of God teaches. We let the Word of God shape what we believe about relationships, about sexual activity, about our finances, about what our future looks like, about what eternity looks like, about what it takes to get into eternity. It must be read correctly. And that's an important component. Jesus and Satan both were using the scripture, but Satan was misusing it. And Jesus was using it accurately. Now, the last one is this application. And I think that's an important one before we start to look at some uh, application for our own life and talk about some growth steps. I want you to notice that Jesus applied scripture to his moment of temptation. Jesus applied scripture to his moment of temptation. Now, there are lots of different areas of our life that we can apply scripture. I just mentioned some of them. What am I going to do with my future? What type of person do I want to spend my time with? What type of job do I want to get? How do I want to organize my finances? What do I believe about the character of God? What do I believe about the character of people? There's all different reasons and ways to apply the scripture, but Jesus teaches us an important one that sometimes we struggle with. Specifically, we need to go to the scripture when we're facing temptation. And Jesus teaches us that lesson. Now, I want to make three points about this, and then we're going to talk about some resources that the fellowship wants to invest in your life so that as you take this step forward and say, I want to consistently and accurately apply God's Word to my life, we want to help you do that. And then we're also going to talk about these growth steps. First, this is application. Applying God's Word to my life is not done by default. It takes an intentionality. So there will not be a day of your life ever, period, that you will ever live, that you will accidentally apply God's Word to your life. It takes consistency and intentionality. Now the second thing that I want to say to you about application is that needing to apply Scripture to difficult moments in your life does not mean that you're out of the will of God or that you're weak. Did you notice in the scripture that it says that Jesus was in the wilderness because the Spirit of God had led him there? And there might be some times in your life when you're fighting and struggling through temptation and you think, why is God mad at me, my friend? Facing temptation doesn't mean that you're out of the will of God or that you're weak. Because Jesus was neither. And yet he faced temptation. And yet it was difficult moments for him. Now praise God that he was able to resist temptation. Because if Jesus would have ever been guilty of sin, he wouldn't have been paying for my sin on the cross. He wouldn't have been paying for your sin on the cross. 
He would have been paying for his own. Which is why the doctrine of the sinlessness of Jesus is so incredibly important. Because if he had sinned on the cross, he was paying for his own sin and not ours. But I do want to make that point that needing to apply God's scripture in difficult moments doesn't mean that you're out of God's will or that you're weak. And the third thing is this. You can trust the Lord to comfort you as you work through this. You know, I realize in a room this size, we're in all different places. And maybe you have been feeling uniquely attacked by the enemy and you are struggling through life right now. I want to tell you something. The Bible teaches me that when the temptation was over, that the Father comforted the Son through the ministry of angels. Look at the last phrase in the scripture that we studied today. Look at, look at verse 11. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. It's a beautiful picture of being faithful and trusting that God is going to comfort you on the other side. And I want you to be sure of that. I want you to know of that. I want you to know that as you fight this fight and struggle to be faithful to the Lord, that He is faithful to continue to comfort you and to continue to help you. Now, I want you to be aware as we turn the corner here and start talking about some growth steps uh, in a moment. I want you to be aware of what we're calling the Thrive Statement for the month of September. This is a statement that really gives this vision or this picture of when we're talking about rightly handling the Word of God, what does that look like? I mean, what? how can I know if I'm rightly handling the Word of God? So we want to give you this concise statement that if you can say this statement, then you can say, I have a relatively high level of health when it comes to rightly handling the Word of God. This is what it is. I consistently and accurately apply God's Word to my life. I consistently and accurately apply God's Word to my life. I've mentioned this. We're all in different places. No two people here are at the same place in their life as it comes to this Thrive Statement. But I want to tell you about some resources. Before we look at these growth steps and we close this morning, I want to tell you about some resources that we have for you. And the first... We have uh, scheduled a workshop here at the church, and this is the title of the workshop, Steps for Accurate Interpretation. We have put together a workshop for anybody that wants to come. If you're here for the first time and you're not a member, you're welcome to come. Anybody can come to this. If you have friends who don't go to this church, but they would like to strengthen their skills or get better at looking at a at a text of scripture and being able to accurately understand and interpret what the word of God is teaching. This is a great workshop for them. Let me tell you a little bit about the workshop called Steps for Accurate Interpretation. We're offering the same workshop two times this month so that if one doesn't work for you, maybe you can catch the other one. One's a Sunday, one's a Tuesday. Here are the dates. September the 15th is a Sunday. And it's going to be around 12.15-ish, 12.20 after we have fellowship in the commons. Then we'll gather back together and we'll go through the workshop. 12.15 to 1.30. September the 17th is a Tuesday. That's going to be 6.45 to 8 p.m. 
And again, this is, you know, when we talk about this Thrive Statement, consistently and accurately applying God's Word to our life, this is for people who would say, I really want to apply God's Word to my life, but I need somebody to help me so that when I sit down and I open the Word of God and I read something, I can do something other than, I wonder what that means. Or worse, you just supply your own meaning. You say, well, I think it says this, and I'm just going to go on with my life like this is what it's saying. And so we want to teach you, we want to help you learn some principles and some steps to really interpret the Word of God. Second resource that we have for you is a time of focused prayer. This is going to be a night of worship and prayer. You say, what are we talking about prayer for? We're talking about the Word of God. Listen, some people know what the Word of God means, and they're just caught They just need to spend some time right here at this altar just praying, saying, Lord, would you release me? Would you help me? Would you do whatever it is that you have to do in my life? And and you need to just come and pray. Here's the time for that. September the 14th, 6.30 to 7.30. That's going to be a time of focused prayer where we pray for ourselves and we pray for others who are trying to take these steps in the journey challenge of consistently and accurately handling the Word of God. The last is uh, we have a little book group going on, and this is the book. It's called Before You Open Your Bible. Now, my dear brothers and sisters, please do not get this book and read it instead of the Bible. I would actually be doing the opposite for you. I would be moving you further from the Bible. But this is an incredible book, and here's why. This is the little byline. Nine Heart Postures for Approaching God's Word. This short little book helps us to understand the attitude with which we should approach the Word of God. Now, we have these uh, in the office, and... um, if you can cover the cost, which is five bucks, we would love for you to do that. If you can't, that will not keep us from putting resources in your hand. So these are some ways that we want to help you take a step in, in rightly handling the Word of God. But some practical steps for you before we close this morning. First, you see the word embrace. Embrace the Thrive Statement. Think about the Thrive Statement. Understand the Thrive Statement. Understand that I need to consistently and accurately apply God's Word to my life. The second thing that we need to practically do is we need to understand where we are. So if you're making notes, then that next note is acknowledge where you are. Because if over here is what it looks like to thrive, over here is consistently and accurately applying God's Word to your life. Where are you? You know, maybe you would say, I'm just not, I know how to, I know how to read God's Word. And when I do, I apply it to my life. But I'm just not consistent. Maybe consistency is, is the thing for you. Or maybe accuracy is the thing for you. Or maybe you're consistent and you read the Bible correctly, but there's just something in your life that you're not taking the Word of God and applying it to your life. And so maybe that's the area. So, so embrace the Thrive Statement and then let God show you where you're at. Let the Lord show you where you're at. And I'm going to give you this this third point, and then I'm going to call all of us to a moment of decision where I'm going to ask you to make a commitment to be a part 
of the journey challenge. But this is the third, this is the third thing I want you to do this morning. Is to set a goal. Is to create a healthy goal based on the thrive statement and understanding where you are. You say, Pastor, set it for me. I can't. I don't know where you are. This is a customized goal created between you and God as you get before God and you say, this is the thrive statement. This is where I'm at. What is a good, healthy goal for me for the month of September to get? Now, I'll give you some examples. And I'm not saying these have to be yours. But if you're looking at this going, this this is too non-detailed. Here's some examples. Maybe for consistency, you would say this. Every single day for the rest of this month, I'm going to look at God's Word. I'm going to read a proverb a day. I'm going to read through Psalm 23. I'm going to just... Maybe it's consistency for you. Maybe for you... You're not consistent because you really feel inadequate to interpret and understand the Word of God. And so you might say, I'm going to pick a scripture that I've always struggled with, and I'm going to dive into that until I have a good understanding of what that means. Maybe that's your goal. Or again, maybe your goal is an application. And you would say, this month, I'm going to study every verse that there is to study about fasting and I'm going to fast or finances and I'm going to apply God's word to my finances or relationships or whatever it may be but maybe it's an application so here's what I'm asking you to do I'm asking you to think about the thrive statement look at where you are but don't leave it there the fellowship is a growing church and we want to grow in our faith And so I'm asking you to create a goal that's specifically for you. And when we talk about the journey challenge, this is exactly what we're talking about. That I, based on understanding the Thrive Statement, I've set a personal goal that I'm walking forward and I'm looking at. I will tell you, I have set one. And it's under the area of application. And I hope that you will set one as well that will fall under consistency accuracy or application and if you will if you will agree and for us as a staff this is our prayer this is our hope we've said oh lord we're praying for 200 people to take the journey challenge that's our prayer i want to be honest and say that's what we're hoping for 200 people to take the journey challenge can you imagine what god would do with a, with a body of people, if 200 of them made a commitment that said, this month I'm going to grow, and next month I'm going to grow in my faith, and the next month, there's no telling where God might take us. We're asking you to do that, the journey challenge. If you will, in a moment we're going to stop, we're going to pray, but if you will take the journey challenge with us, then here's what I'd like for you to do. In a moment, um, we're going to put a number up on the screen and I would just like for you, if, you will, if you'll participate with us, I want to ask you to text the two letters JC, that's Journey Challenge, JC to the number 484848. Now you can do that now. It won't bother me if you're looking down at your phone doing it now. It, but if you would just do that today so we know 
everybody who's in so we can start communicating with you, encouraging you, helping you, okay? Now, you don't, if you don't text it, you can still come to the workshop. You can still come to the, to the night of prayer. But we want to know who is in, who is ready to say, I want to be a part of the journey challenge. If you're in, JC, text the, text the letters JC to 484848. Now, we're going to close with prayer. To our guests, we're so glad that you're here. We hope that you've gotten a flavor for what it looks like to be a part of the fellowship, how much we love the Lord, how much we love His Word, how much we love one another. And we always love to close our services with prayer because we believe that as God speaks to us, we want to respond back to Him. So let me ask you to stand where you are, if you would, and just prepare your hearts for prayer.